I'm always on the lookout for women who have vision, women who have solutions to problems, women who do what they do because it's the right thing to do. Hi, this is Candy O'Terry. Welcome to the story behind her success and happy Mother's Day. I have found a mom who checks all of those boxes I just mentioned. She's got a doctorate in educational leadership science, and she's the author of two groundbreaking books, A Brown Girl's Guide to Employment and Networking, released in 2019, and her latest, A Brown Parent's Guide to Preparing Our Children for Employment in the 21st Century. Her books are guides toward progress with advice from the heart. The latest is meant to be shared between parents and their children. The mission is to give parents skills, tips, and techniques to teach brown children, as well as children of every color, to dream big without stopping, to tap into their talent, and to accomplish their goals. Her name is Dr. Tamika Jock, and this is her story. Tamika, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Welcome to my makeshift living room, which is uh, now my new recording studio. <laughs> I love it. It works. <laughs> we all have shifted, so it, it's great. What inspired you to write this book? I think being a mother and knowing what I want to instill in my children, sharing my own personal career journey, I think I just wanted to share some gems with my own children, and I knew if my children needed it, I'm sure someone else could use that advice as well. In this book, you do use examples about how your own career trajectory and the challenges you faced, including being passed over for opportunities based on race and age and gender bias. Can you tell us a story or two? I could stay here all day if you let me. My age discrimination started when I was 24, I had graduated from my master's and a lot of times your parents tell you, go get that education and everything will be okay. Oftentimes that's not the case. So I remember I moved to New York when I was 24, stayed in New York for a little while, came back and in New York, I was managing my own program. So I was a director of student support services. I managed my own team, a budget, you know, working with first generation low income students. And then after 9-11, I decided, you know what, I want to come back and be with my family. And so I'm looking for jobs. I'm using my networks, as everyone tells you. And I'm going to these interviews, and they were director's positions. I walk in, I look young, and my network was essentially telling me, well, first of all, you're young. And I'm like, but my resume, I have a master's degree, and I've been managing departments. And everyone said that I needed to take, you know, an associate's position, or just go be an associate director, or be a program coordinator. And, you know, and so I was an educated black woman and no one could really see that, right? So I'm dealing with age and, you know, race, I'm sure played a little part in that, but it was unbelievable that the things that my parents had said, this is gonna make it easier for you. It wasn't necessarily easy. And so that's my first story. I have, you know, hometown stories where just riding the bus as a child and growing up in a town where no one looked like me, the Friday before Martin Luther King weekend, boys on the bus would say, are we going to throw rocks at black people or are we going to throw rocks at black cars and just snickering about it? And, you know, I didn't know then how to stick up for myself or be that bold person and say, well, what do you mean? You know, I was scared, <laughs> you know, now I'm more mature. So I know how to deal with things a little better. But back then, those were the things that really still live in me. The book is really a guide for brown parents 
with tools and techniques. Can you share just a few of those tools and techniques with our audience today? I want to say that this book is not just just for brown parents, right? Everyone can use this book. This is more a shout out to my brown parents that maybe just wanted someone to say, you know, hello to them or what are you going through as a brown parent? Acknowledge them. Right. But what I say is, as we are raising our children and you see the passion in their eyes and the things that they like, how can we hone in on that to create entrepreneurship activities, to create that summer job? So for instance, dance class costs a lot of money these days. <laughs> Gymnastics costs money. And you're putting an investment into your child and you're allowing them to do that five, six, seven, eight years in, in, in high school, whatever it is. Use some of that to tell them how they can advance themselves, whether it's be a coach or, you know, when you're 16, can you create your own dance class because of your own experience instead of having to go work somewhere else for the summer, create their own opportunities. And so that's what this book does is us as parents to be able to have those conversations with our children and really kind of hone in on what they like and What do they jump up and down for every day that you don't have to push them to? And how can we turn that into entrepreneurship activities if they want to be a business owner? And then if they don't, how do they get out in the workforce and be able to use their passion and create many opportunities for themselves and not have to wait for someone to dictate when they're going to get a promotion, when you're going to get a raise? The greatest job of a parent is helping their child to discover and appreciate they're God-given talents. You're shaking your head. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, because, you know, those skills is something that makes our children unique. And how we use those skills and how we guide them in those skills, it's what really can create success for them. And if you can see that, I've heard parents say, oh, on their cell phone, my daughter takes, you know, a thousand selfies. It's like, well, does she like to take pictures, right? And how can I hone that skill to show her, you know, you can make money as a photographer. Let's finance your education before you even get to college being a photographer. And so, yes, every child is unique and every child has a skill. And it's just up to us parents to guide them and be attentive to those skills. The book is called A Brown Parent's Guide, Preparing Our Children for Employment in the 21st Century. How is this book being received, Tamika? Because, boy, you talk about landing a book at the right time. What are people saying? Many people have said they appreciate it because they're in this term parenthood, (laughs) right? And so they appreciate it because it allows them to start the conversations with their children. Many parents have said, thank you just for opening my thinking, because I think we all get caught in the day to day shuffle and we try to be those perfect parents and we, you know, we're not. And so it's just another conversation starter to have with your child. But it's also a conversation, I think, that we're all in the middle of, and that has to do with race and diversity about how we can move forward as a country. So I guess my follow up to that is, are you hearing that from parents saying, thank you for helping me to have concrete ways to help my child navigate this time in our lives. Yes, actually, I had someone contact me that said that they thought this book was so important that they wanted to make sure that it got in the hands of the right parents. And so they're donating books to a nonprofit. 
And because of just what you said, where we are in America around race, gender, if someone is holding you back in a job position because of your race, it's up to us to go find new opportunities or create new ways and not be stuck in that position because someone is trying to hold you back. And that's what that book really instills in the parents as we are guiding and coaching our children to dream big and never let someone put you in a box because of their own racial discriminations that they're putting on you. Your heritage is Cape Verdean. You were raised in the city of Bridgewater. That's where you still live. When you were growing up, you were one of a handful of African-American children. Tell me a little bit about your family life and just paint us a picture of what that felt like. Brothers, sisters? I am an only child. (laughs) Me too. Um, So we have something in common. My father did later marry again. And so I did get a sister later on in life. But I grew up an only child. And so my parents grew up And I talk about this in the book, both of them, my mother was from a family of seven, my dad had eight children, you know, total. And so they grew up in, I don't want to say poverty, because, you know, my dad often teases, you know, you said, you know, I grew up poor in the book. Yeah, but we still had fun, right? And we still made, you know, use of what we had and the resources we had. But also they realized that they wanted better for their child, right? And so they wanted what they didn't have. And so they moved out to the suburbs and my mother pursued her accounting degree. My dad was an electrician. So I have to say that I had a pretty amazing childhood, even though my parents were divorced when I was probably 12, but they still provided for me. And I grew up in a small town. Yes, no one looked like me, but I also had one of the biggest houses on my street, but that didn't matter. And so my parents instilled in me that, yes, people are probably going to look at you different because of your skin color. But let me tell you, you still are going to make it. You're going to go to school every day. You're going to go to college because that's where the opportunities are created. And they were always that sounding board. So if I did come home and say, this is what happened in school today because no one looks like me, you know, wipe a few tears off (laughs) and you get back up and you go do it again. And sometimes my parents did have to come to the high school and fight for me and stand up for me. And I appreciated that. And that just really showed me that I didn't want to be like the people in my town. I wanted to be different. It's funny because, you know, I say no one looked like me, But in essence, it was nice to be different because that's what really has started my foundation. My whole career trajectory is just around being different and working with others. I wanted to learn about other cultures. I wanted to learn about people that did not look like me. One of the things that I think your parents gave you, which is a gift that keeps on giving, is the sense of self-esteem, the sense of being loved and having confidence that if you fall down, you can get back up again and that nobody can hold you down. Who were your role models growing up? My parents, right? (laughs) So definitely my parents and family members. And, you know, I grew up in a Baptist church. So pastors and youth leaders. And, you know, I did have a few teachers in my school. I was part of the Future Teachers of America Club. And I did have some teachers, Mr. Capin, who didn't see my skin color and said, you know, Tamika, you're going to make it. And so Those are the people who were always mentoring me and guiding me um, along that road. But I do agree with you that my parents did instill in me some very high self-esteem. And I still carry that to this day and trying to instill it in all three of my children. 
Did you know you wanted to be a teacher or involved in education in some way? I think I did want to be involved in education in some way. You know, growing up, I would say I wanted to be a lawyer, but I didn't. What happened to me is, and I talk about this passion in my book, is I got to college and I was involved in programming more than the academic side. So, you know, I was in the Black Student Union. I was president of program council. There were so many different activities that I joined I love planning events and I love using the college's money because those came with budgets. I've always been good with budgets. And so for me, you know, doing that and then having a mentor in college, she was the assistant director of student activities. And she said, you're not going to go to law school. I have this great program for you at Northeastern. And that's how I got my master's in college student development and counseling was from Jeanette Hickson. And Yes. So I think that for me, I knew it was education. I wasn't really sure because even in college, I was like, well, I'm going to go to law school, but okay, I could be a dean of students or a dean of student affairs or something like that. And so honestly, I am still enjoying my career and seeing where it takes me. I think that I'm a lifelong learner. So who knows in five years what I'll be doing, but I will always be a lifelong learner. You have also created the company called Fruitful Vision Enterprises. I love the name. Tell us about it. I really believe in dreaming big. And what more than dreaming big is the fruit that you produce. So when we talk about our children, that that is our fruit and how it looks. And the company's legacy is that we are bearing fruit so that whoever I'm coaching, developing can also bear fruit. And we pass that on. You also have a doctorate from Johnson and Wales. And the first book, called A Brown Girl's Guide to Employment and Networking. You are the queen of networking. Tell us all why that matters so much. (laughs) It matters because that is where you learn about new jobs, you know, as far as employment. That is where you learn about professional development opportunities. That is where you develop your own network. That is where you meet different people. And, you know, my first book was that I was going to all these professional development events and my parents raised me to network. Let's, Let's just be honest. They raised me to network, whether it was holding a sign for a politician you know, whether it was out there donating to somebody, they raised me to network. And what I learned from this is that really your network worth shows your own worth, right? Can I call on you to get someone else a job or can I call on you to answer someone else's need? So when I'm going to these events, sometimes I don't always see people that look like me. And so yes, A Brown Girl's Guide to Networking was I wanna see other people that looked like me because that's how we help each other we advance, we develop our network, especially around employment. I am the guru of workforce development and networking. Whether you are an introvert or an extrovert, you can network. And in the book, I give tips on where you should sit when you attend a workshop, because a lot of us are introverts and we just need someone to kind of come over and say hello to us. And in the book, I give tips on don't sit on the end of the row. Take yourself in the middle because then you have someone that's sitting in front of you and back of you on the side and someone ultimately will say hello and look at your name tag. Well, in fact, A Brown Girl's Guide was listed on Forbes.com as one of the best books for networking. So you must know what you're talking about. You had also mentioned the woman who kind of guided you and became your mentor and said, this is what you should do. Mentoring, I always like to say, is one of the greatest gifts we can give to one another. Are you a mentor now? I definitely am. 
it's important that we give back. So I've come so far in life because of my mentors and I can't keep that a secret and I don't wanna just keep it hidden. And so for me, I must pay it forward. And both of my books I've mentioned, I have a little paragraph on paying it forward. So I, you know, I wanna walk the walk, you know what I'm saying? Walk the talk, is that how you say it? <laughs> walk, the walk, walk the walk, thank talk you, the talk. talk the talk, thank you. And so I wanna be able to pass that on to women. And sometimes it's not long-term, it's also short term. So if you meet someone just encouraging them, and then you have your long term mentoring, where you know, you've kind of watched their career start from the beginning, and they're in the middle or wherever they are in their career path. And just seeing their stories and seeing them have success makes me so happy. You mentioned your children. So I wanted to ask you, how did motherhood change you? I wasn't really a sensitive person. Growing up, I think because of all my experiences, I can take a lot. But something about motherhood just made me very sensitive. And I'm not a crier, but then I was crying, you know, like, oh, that's so sweet. And it really moved me when sometimes my son would text me and he would say, hi, mom, you know, because I married into a blended family and just him saying hi, mom and calling me mom. It was just like, there's someone that I love and, you know, can reciprocate that love back and, and, you know, watching, you know, my daughter. And it just made me protective. It also made me become, you know, when you see a bear and, you know, how protective they are of their cubs and they often can. Are you a mama bear? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and so I became very protective. You know, I wanted to know who are you hanging out with and who are you calling and what are you watching? Turn that off the TV. That's not good for you. So I became very protective of their lives. And I felt like they were these diamonds that were given to me. I really needed to protect them and make sure that they come out shiny, not damaged. What's the message in your house? The message in our house is you can be anything that you want to be. And we, our house is very centered around God. And we make sure that they know that with you and God, you can make it anywhere. And prayer is important in your life. What's the best piece of advice to make, whether it's personal or professional, that you've ever received in your life? Could you pass it along to our listeners? Absolutely. I think the best piece of advice that I got was that just to be you and not pretend that you are somebody else. And I think that I've had to learn this because sometimes you want to adapt to what's in the room. You want to adapt because you want to fit in so bad. But I've learned and people have mentored me, Tamika, I just need you to be your real self because when you can come in the room and be real, that's when you're going to shine. I don't want you to look like the other people in the room. And so I believe that's what's really helped me. And it's a learning process because I think all of us want to be accepted at some point. People are going to want to hang with you or ask you to events and speak based on your own story. So don't hide that story. Share who you are. Be confident in that. And I think that is the best advice that I have received in my career. Because in the beginning, I was trying to maybe probably emulate a few people. <laughs> and I've just learned just to be Tamika. And, and if I can show up and be Tamika, then I will have a successful day. What are your hopes for this book? A parent is holding it in their hand and they haven't even opened the page yet. In the book is some self-reflective questions. And so my hope is that they will go through those questions, be able to reflect 
their own experiences, share those experiences with their children, and then reflect on those experiences with their children, write some of those gems down, and then start that conversation just to find out, does your children want to start being an entrepreneur? What can they do in the future? What's the career path that they want to go down? So my hope is that it will begin conversation around employment for your children, because we all want our children to be successful. We want them to have economic success. And if we can start those conversations at a young age, then that would be my hope that not so much present today that they're going to come back to me, but in 10 years, I want someone to say, I read your book. And this is the conversation I had with my child and we continued it. And let me tell you where they are now. And now they're running this multi-million dollar business and they're helping others. So that's a pretty good feeling. Yes. And that's what I would like for someone to come back and say to me, and I would just be smiling and just making sure that they are just paying it forward. if, If that is achieved. When an obstacle is in your path, how do you get around it? That's a great question. I think for me, because I, you know, I do pray a lot. <laughs> you have to, especially in this world. And so I really do pray about it. But I also talk to people. You know, I have my own close circle of friends and mentors. And I think it's great to get advice from other people and just ask what they're thinking. I often go to my dad and I'll say, hey, what do you think? Because my dad is probably one of my biggest cheerleaders, and I'm able to ask him for advice. So when I'm going through obstacles, I'm usually probably calling my dad and saying, what do you think about this? This is happening. And I'm calling my circle. I'm calling my girlfriends. I'm calling my cousins, my family. And that's how I get through it. And the more that you can have that close circle, I'm not talking about 30 people, but the close circle of people that really have your back, that's what helps you succeed too. Final question. How do you value and define success? Success is not just a one shop for all. And I define success because I am a big goal person. I do write out my goals. I do believe in vision boards. I have vision boards. And so success for me is achieving those goals on my vision board. And often it's not in the time frame that I want. <laughs> so I think it's working at those goals and writing them down. That's really my success and seeing how far that I've come because success is also falling down and, and not getting there when you want to get there. So for me, success is kind of pacing myself out and seeing how far I've come. And then at the end, you know, looking at that vision board and say, check. And that to me is where my success happens. Dr. Tamika Jock, I want to say thank you so much for coming here to my home, for sharing your story. Thank you. And that's the story behind her success for this week. If you know a woman I should interview for the show, reach out and tell me about her. Just go to my website, candyoterry.com. There's also a full library of stories for you to listen to anytime you need a little dose of inspiration. Follow me on Facebook at Candy O'Terry Official and on all other platforms at Candy O'Terry. And whether you're listening on one of our radio affiliates or from your smartphone, we'll have a fresh episode for you next week on the story behind her success. And remember, when we lift each other up, we all rise.